it's a festive day in the workroom. But I'm not sure if it's festive anymore because it is post-Christmas. But stick with us. The tree's still up, the holly's still hung, and you are sitting in to join us as we get into the sissy.pod frame of mind for all of those, the like itsy bits, the selection box, the veritable selection box of drag race franchises that have been coming to an end before we hit 2022 and a whole new slate of queens get crowned. The holly isn't the only thing that's hung. I mean, why hasn't why hasn't someone made a joke on that on Hey Sis, It's Christmas? It's like, I'm as hung as the holly or something. I don't know. There's definitely like a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, or about always asking for consent into the mistletoe. Equally Incredibly important. important. You know? Um, do you know, when we were recording and we were like, Joe, we'll do one just after Christmas. I was like, that'd be no problem. And then just that the sloth that's associated with that break between Christmas Day and New Year's Day hit in and I was like, God, I'm going to have to watch Drag Race Italia now. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, there there is, you know, like there was like kind of like light at the end of the tunnel, if you know what I mean. Like it was yeah, the last like, one. Like, yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're coming to the end of this journey. We have, we've, we've fought our way through what has been one of no, not of one of what has been the most I would say unique as a positive. <laughs> you do not mean that as a positive Seriously. at all. <laughs> yeah, let's well, well we'll kick off with Italia. We've got the finale of Italia and Dragon to discuss. We'll start with Italia. Um because I guess we're less enthusiastic. I think yeah. we don't need to beat around the bush with this. I think people understand. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah look. We we know how we feel about the editing. It's too long. We didn't need a reading challenge and a tea with Kiara segment all in this episode. Um, but yeah, look, we knew we were going to get it and here it was. How did you find the reading challenge? Something that is gradually grating on you. Was this the straw that broke the reading camel's back? I mean, it really... I mean, also, like, I just was like... Like... You have taken so many liberties with the formula. Like, so many liberties with the formula. Like, there was no reading as fundamental. Like, there wasn't even a reading as fundamental. There wasn't, like, a kind of... Nobody nobody was, like, the library was open. And I liked the idea of the kind of, like... Like, in terms of, like, a more European approach. Like, I think the idea of, like, a soapbox is more kind of... You know, maybe that's, like, a different way Mm. of kind of doing it. But I was like, the whole thing was annoying and I didn't think really any of them were funny. And I just almost felt like, as you get through this entire episode, like, it feels like Lucia Labamba is, like, just being, like, bullied by these queens. And, like, because, like, before you get to the reading challenge, they all came into the workroom and poor Lucia, like, was sitting with the And, you know, kind of, like, as fundamental as any, as the reading challenge or snatch game in any series of Drag Race is... That moment where the top four sit down together and they all go, I knew it was going to be us. I knew it was going to be us. I knew. Not here. Not here. They were like, how the hell are you still here? (laughs) But I feel that's a a fair emotion because I think we were all thinking that. I know, but also like the the audacity of them to be like, oh my God, the the room is so empty. It's like... (laughs) They're still happy there. <laughs> <laughs> and the ironic thing is, like, with the exception of Farida, I wouldn't have seen any of those three in the finale, like, from the first episode. I genuinely thought it was going to be, like, a, a Norman Divinity Farida top three. That's what I kind of had. And so I was like... And although Electra and Larish grew on me over time, and I, I was happy to see them in the finale eventually, it wasn't who I thought was original. So it is a bit rich to be like... It is a bit Larish to be like, how did you end up here when... Yeah. You could say the same for them too. Well, I, I, I would, I would have to say, like, I had a very similar. Well, I mean, I, I had anticipated the Norma being there, and I had hoped that maybe Ivana was going to mm. be the sort of, you know, the big, big girl contestant that was going to bring something, um, sort of special or different. But Electrobionic, I did think, and like I remember, like when they showed that first week look with the, the like the paper and the Italian flag. Yeah, and I, I actually did, and then also like they showed in this, and I don't can't remember the show at the time where like she had like written on her arse like made in Italy, mm. and I was just like, you know, that was funny, that was clever. I, I kind of, you know, I, it with all the batshit decisions being made, I feel like she got kind of overlooked maybe a bit at the beginning. I feel um, you could kind of do like a. I find I'm very influenced by name. And I definitely think Electrobionic yeah. is a filler queen name. I definitely think we could come up with like a auto-generated filler queen name. And like even Crystal Versace's a filler queen name. It's like two, you know, commonly used expressions in mm-hmm. drag terminology shoved together, you know. 
I actually completely agree with that. Like, I think that there, there's no real sense of originality about it. It's kind of, you know, they are the they are the queens who get killed in the middle of the film. The, yeah. The, the slasher film, I'm imagining, that, like, don't actually, you know... But, yeah. And when... It, like, or what was that one in Drag Race Down Under? I can't remember. The sort of sexy one. Like, et cetera, et cetera. Which one? No. Oh, Scarlet. Oh. The, the problematic one. No, the other one. The one from, from, from Kiwiland. The, oh, uh, that was the Electra, Electra uh, Fence. No, the Electra Fence was in the oh. UK. <laughs> How many Electras are there? Yeah, she was an Electra. Hold on, we're going to have to look. She was an Electra, and she wasn't an Electra Bionic. She was like a, an Electra... But anyway, it is that. It's like commonly used adjective that has something Electra followed shock. by like... Electra Shock. Electra Shock. But yeah, so it, it really is kind of how like many just electras like a, you know this year? How many electras can we this can, year? can oh we DM God. us with your favorite electra of the year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's actually going to be one of the categories in the Sissy Awards. Yeah. Is your favorite <laughs> electra? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, I that kind of stands out to me. Where I find either you have like a name that's filled with character, um that you really really like like maybe like a Bianca Del Rio or you have one that's just really out there and unique like Bimini Bamboulash that you're kind of like okay I'm intrigued I'm, I'm, I'm bought into you whereas some of just the generic like Coco a lot of the pageant yeah names. like there's just so many Cocos at this point there's those, those of Electra's yeah, yeah. yeah too many Kimora yeah, like a Ke- Kennedy da- a Kennedy Davenport a Kimora Hall like all these ones where, are, where it is kind of just like yeah, they don't bring anything particular out. Yeah. Um, and you require the Queen then to create that thing. And I actually think that over the course of the last two episodes, Electrobionic had shown like a very interesting to be the first ever Queen in any Drag Race franchise to win the crown without ever being in the top, ever being in the bottom or ever lip syncing. Yeah. So like, or, well, I guess she was in the no, top, she in but the top. she never she won never a challenge. Won. Yeah, she never won. She never won a challenge. She never was in the bottom, and also she she never lip synced. So like, that is like a quite the, like that's quite the like. It's I mean, a first if you for remade, the books. Yeah, if you remade your queens uh, of twenty twenty one reel, which is doing great work over on her Instagram, <laughs> um, she would now be last, I assume, because she never won. Yeah, I guess she probably would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also people are asking, where's Canada? Because I thought that reel would be like, you know, hot property for like two days and then we'd move on. But people are still watching it, interacting with it. And it's like it's already out of date. So maybe I need to update it. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, reading challenge went pretty much as expected. I actually thought Electra was the best in that as well. It was good to bit of a see a comedy yeah, from her. She is... <clears throat> She is a, she had the most natural kind of um, reads. Do, do you know what? This is another thing I, I gave out about this before. I don't love how they are involving Tommaso so mm. much. And I know they kind of did this throughout where they had like Tommaso come in and do the reading challenge and then they had the key, tea with Kiara for the... Why didn't they call it a kiki with Kiara? I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> That's so right. But anyway... And they could spell it C-H-I-C-H-I. That'd be perfect. Yeah, exactly. And then they had Priscilla come in and do like the bit of a, you know, chit chat. I loved Priscilla's chat. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, it was. But like, why? why? So they gave them all their space. But I just was like, we've seen so much of the judges in this season. Yeah. Like, we don't we don't need to meet the judges this hard. No, we don't. And also, back, even just before we flip back to the move on to the choreography and thing. Did you know that half of beauty is height? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Because I, I heard that several times in this episode. <laughs> I, was like, I was I was like, I'm learning something new about Italian culture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because then they go to the like the choreography with Attila and then they're doing their dancings all grand as as expected. And then the eliminated queens come in and they all have a hug. And then Priscilla's like, so were those hugs real? I was like, what is this narrative? What sort of question is that? What a fucking waste of everyone's time. I could not agree more, honestly. Like, that whole segment was like, I mean, I, I just, also, first of all, like, that, like, bring the queens back on stage 
at the end for like a moment of of choreo at the very end of the song. Like that's supposed to be a bit of a gag for the audience where you don't expect it. But because now we were expecting it and then basically they all just came out and did like real simple choreography. Yeah. It was just sort of like was like and like they were like reintroduced at that point, then they were reintroduced when they did the choreo, then they were reintroduced again when they did their like Untucked end of uh, their their end of kind of or their untucked bit and then they did their walk the runway bit so it just was like we are seeing like literally the whole cast has been <laughs> the whole cast has been in like four of the eight episodes mm. of this season i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> the episode was so long i had forgotten by the time the performance came around that they were coming so it was a surprise I, again <laughs> but also like we got like that that moment like also like within that moment it was very clear because it was just everyone was like my hug for Ivana was real. My hug for Divinity was real. My hug for Ava was real. End of sentence. <laughs> and then Frida was like, oh, there was real. it was real for them all. And they were like, liar, fake, tell us the truth. <laughs> Come on, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> Frida's there being like, can I not just fucking dance? Like, I don't need to talk about what's a real hug, what's not a real hug. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Uh, Chiara Fancini kicked off her tea podcasting segment with this line, which was, look, I could have went back and actually found out what it was verbatim, but I just didn't care. So it was basically, I've written down, friendships don't make demands, they offer themselves like tea. Is that more Italian, you know, fortune cookie logic here that we have like it's just like i'm just laughing at this point being like are you really expecting us to take this seriously (laughs) half half of height is beauty like tea (laughs) (laughs) well we we saw another thing from our friends from astrolab this episode did we no there was no astrolab Apparently it didn't smart. Nothing didn't sparkled, sparkle. Therefore, it wasn't Astrolab. That no. tea didn't sparkle. Well, they like they they had to. Was oh, I, I wonder who made the crown? Did Astrolab make that tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny crown? It was more of a tiara, if anything. Like it, I have to say, though, I'm like I kind of think that is a more realistic kind of you know piece of jewelry that you might give to a person that they would you know wear potentially as part of it. But like that's not what you're giving them the crown for. The crown is meant to be obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, to and also. Two production points that pissed me off was I was pretty sure that the megaphone didn't work. They just put that effect in in post-production. And also it was clear Kiara had no tea in her teacup. Oh my God. That bothered me so much. The like fake, like at one point she did like a big kind of production and then she just like, there was no swallow. No, there wasn't. There was no swallow. I was like, oh, she held it for a like decent enough length, but then didn't swallow. <laughs> I was like, where did that tea go, Kiara? Yeah, where, where did, did that go? tea go? Was any tea spilled <laughs> during the segment? Did you like any of the stories? I just kind of thought they looked good, apart from Lakeisha. That was my takeaway. Oh, yeah. Apart from Lakeisha, they did all look good. I thought I felt like the only thing I really took away from it was... Well, first of all, I went, um, as a result of Lakeisha talking about her music career, went to Spotify to listen to some of the songs. <laughs> and oh, God. They are... They are like not great, um, not great. I would say, but there was an awful lot of like kind of meanness about her from the other queens. There, because it was like, who are you most intimidated by, and who do you think is the? And they were like, oh, she's the messiest queen, or she's terrible. Like, like it was sort of just like a lot of complaining about her. But I again, so I, I think remember. it's fair. Like she, like stand- she did a cover version of "Your Disco Needs You." Oh, okay. The Kylie yeah. Minogue <laughs> classic uh, that has three thousand nine hundred and seventy six listens, and she has another one that is based on like a friend with benefits. I think called "My Easy Fuck," which is basically in English? about kind of like. Yeah, that well, this one, these two are in English. Okay. Um, she has another song called Tequila. And then uh, her most popular season, her song has 22,000 listens and it is called Asilio. I don't know what it sounds like though. Okay. Well, look, there we go. We can, people can check them out if they're, if they're intrigued. Um, she is a verified artist okay. on Spotify. I played to her. Uh, I mean, I've never listened to any music, so I can't critique the music, but I can get why they said that because I just thought she was clearly a cut among, uh, like, below the rest of them. And I know I've been given out about personality. She did kind of win me over a bit in this episode because I think I had been worried that she was playing a bit dumb. 
but actually I think I think she generally does seem like she's being real and nice and I like how she thanked everybody when she got kicked out and stuff like that so no like I, I understood yeah. why she won with congeniality no definitely I mean, like I actually genuinely it was interesting because I remember last week we were talking about how like there was such like a natural style to the cast except for Lakeisha mm. and like I think again she is like she seems very genuine and I, I have actually enjoyed her in the like workroom moments i haven't enjoyed anything she's done on the stage on the the stage no but actually that's a lie that's a lie i thought she had the best verse i thought it oh today definitely yes definitely she had the best verse best verse today yeah that's the best thing she's done i thought i thought she out of the four of them it just flowed really really well and you obviously can tell she's written lyrics and stuff before it i thought it was really really yeah 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 no no that was true (laughs) she did and she looked good in her in her um in her outfits today I have an issue with the final one, but we'll get to it. I'm looking at my notes here and I'm laughing, remembering how much the pit crew give it socks on that stage. Like, remember the guy was like doing a running handstand across the stage. There was too much of that. I was like, do you guys, you guys know how bad this whole season has been that you were just like, quick, get out there in your jocks and do a couple of cartwheels. <laughs> and even like the dancer who did like the melody from Pussycat Doll Scissor Kick, do you know, like one leg in the air, one on yes. the ground, doing the split. Like it just was like, like totally overshadowed. And then the queens just do a bit of like banging the fists off each other over their chest. Like it was like the most basic choreograph beside the most like deranged circus performers you could imagine. It was crazy. I, I actually, like to be honest, I kind of enjoy, like, I enjoyed this. <laughs> I'm sort of like, I'm trying to think how I'm going to say this. Sounds so so I, I really like the, I really like the, the a little bit of love, the UK two version. Mm. I really like it. I think it's, it's fantastic. Taste obviously it's standout verse and that bit, but they're all really yeah. good. Um, and it's like, I actually like can remember the lyrics as I'm kind of, so as it was started playing, there's that bit at the, at the beginning where it's like a diamond in the rough and whatever, whatever, whatever bits. So I was remembering that as it was happening and I was like, this is like, this is not living up to what I, I I really liked Electra and I really liked um, Lakeisha. Mm. I thought they did really good job. I thought that Frida was also, was, was strong. um, But LaRiche looked like that she was kind of suffering or struggling a little bit. I thought um, Frida's had no flow whatsoever. I thought she was dancing okay, but the, like because obviously I don't know what oh, they're the saying is, yeah. but like obviously I see the subtitles but yeah I just thought the flow wasn't there it was all over the place it's supposed to be a rap so I actually thought she did the worst lyrically and yeah Larish did the worst yeah. dancing I guess yeah 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 um but I think that like it was I, I don't know like because obviously we get around to it and and Electra is crying there queen mm-hmm. I felt it was strong. I felt that she was like undeniably strongest in every single category throughout this. Like I thought that her reading was the strongest. I felt that her um, looks were the strongest. Her tea with Kiara was the most entertaining. Her kind of, you know, all of that stuff like that she did. And then her verse was very strong. I kind of felt like it was apparent, even though it had felt very much like Frida was the obvious Mm. choice for it. Yeah, I felt, I kind of would have preferred if, Lurish was kicked out and it was just an Electra Farida top two because in my head I was like well Electra's clearly winning this episode but Farida has been doing better throughout the season so I thought that was a fair head to head because like you see Lurish lip syncing and I was like there's no way she's going to win yeah exactly it very much was like there's no need for you to be on this on the stage yeah and, and like I mean I think that like Lurish probably has one of my favourite looks of the entire season with that uh, away with the clouds, okay. um, uh, hot like air balloon. In terms of like an in- hot air balloon, I thought that was very. I just thought it was extremely interesting and like it was artistic and different. And I hadn't seen anything mm. like that before on Drag Race. And I was just like, I love this. Is really good. But then it didn't translate well into a lip sync leotard because you had a massive, big, fluffy cloud. Mm. To deal yeah, with. I thought it, like it ended up being very Zeusy, and I thought it looked sort of like thing one or thing two was twerking on the stage and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but I guess yeah, yeah. when you say one of the best in the season, actually, I do agree with you, even though because just because I don't think it's been a whole rake of good looks this season. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it was incredibly distinct and unique, and it definitely stood out on the stage. But I still thought Electra looked fantastic with the ostrich feather, and like she just looked oh, so. That good. was just so luxurious. And then when she took it off, I and mean, she was like dripping in jewels, like it was just that was like you know that was 
I, I, that was drag race stage caliber yeah. outfit. Like that's what you want to see, and it was a good finale outfit as and well because it was luxurious and it was rich and it felt celebratory. Absolutely, and I kind of felt she was done dirty by the edit and the lip sync because she had two reveals. Like she pulled off the the skirt and she got out of that, and and like the legs look great with her, and then she pulled off the wig and she had the long pony, and I kind of just wish either maybe it was because there was three people dividing up the time. I just kind of wish. Because she seems to make a good, like it make it into a good moment. I just don't think the camera caught it. I no, see, I I feel like as if they just aren't rewarding um, reveals, like reveals, yeah, maybe because there's a couple of times, like like even who was it? Was it when Divinity got sent home against? Was it Divinity versus Lakeisha? I can't remember who it was. Yeah, Divinity was against, and, and like they I think had it was the reach, maybe. a re- yes, and they had like a really good like wig reveal, and they had some outfit bits mm. on as well and like they got sent out and there was a couple of other times like even in the first lip sync they basically said to whoever it was that was lip syncing it was like you don't rely on on, on that sort of carry on or something. Yeah. like it felt like very much like they weren't interested in that kind of stuff they were like no we want to see an emotional performance of the song you're doing we don't want to see gags or or anything like that yeah. like that kind of felt what was happening what did you think of Farida's look let me remember Farida's look I wrote it down was... Tinsel Phoenix Mm, yes, Harry Potter, Hogwarts, Hogwarts. Har- Icarus Hogwarts. meets Lady Gaga. The the guesses. I thought it looked like it would be horrible to stand near, and that it made all sorts of awful noises as she was like lifting her mm. arms. I was like, you like that's a nice idea, but you need to make it out of something that's not going to sort of you know as you're walking along. And I I also think that like the. I don't know, like, I just think it needed more than the gold. Like, I think that, like, if you were going to do, like, a phoenixy thing, then you want some, like, red in there and some orange. I don't know. I liked the idea of it, but I felt like it wasn't as strong as some of the other looks we've seen her in. By which I mean the vampire look last week. Yeah, and even the look she wore in the tea with Kiara, I thought was a nicer finale look than this. It just yeah. didn't read as finale, I guess, or best drag. And I guess that's open to interpretation and how the, the queen interprets their own drag. But... It, it was definitely unique, but I felt overall, for somebody who'd really established himself as the seamstress fashion queen of the season, I was disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I do think that like 90% of the issue with it was the, 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 the choice of fabric, because it felt it looked like something that was made for like a, 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 an unusual materials challenge. Yeah. Kind of like, and I think that like if someone had come to put that together for an unusual materials challenge, they would have been winning that one way a hundred percent. But then w- when you put it into the context of this is the finale, you want something that looks like it blo- like it really just blows your mind. Whereas that like, like it was a fun dancing costume, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel like an event, yeah. a, cr- a crown worthy outfit. No, no. Now no. I spent a lot of time looking at what Lakeisha was wearing and trying to work out what I didn't like about it, and I think I've got it. So when it was zoomed in on her on the stage, I actually thought it looked quite good because it was from the waist up and it was silver and it had that sort of mauve purple trim and fur. Yeah. And then she had black headpiece, silver diamonds across the face, blonde wig, and that was perfect. It was black and silver and purple, and it was a good combination. But then from the waist down, it was all gold, and the gold didn't match anything else, and I just was, I just ruined it. Yeah, it was very, like, I didn't love the headpiece, to be honest Not with really, you. No. I, and like, you are right, because it was like, there was a lot of different colours going on. There was like, blacks and pinks and silvers and golds and it was like a very all over the place look. And I think that, that like, I think that she's missing a bit of like an editing eye. Like, I, I think that she, I think that Lakeisha. She needs a stylist. Mean. Yes. I was about to bless myself to say the girl does not yeah, have Yeah, you were style. about to do the, the, you know, father, son, house of Gucci, bless yourself. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, I like, I, she's, she is not a fashionable queen. She doesn't seem to understand, like, she seems to, she doesn't seem to understand what looks good. And I think especially with the decision to be a bearded queen, because when you make a choice to do something that is going to give you an aesthetic handicap, Mm. which a beard does, you need to really be elevated everywhere else. And I don't think she knows how to. Her wigs are always like, you know, her, her wigs are never properly like fully styled. It's always hanging down and then you've got the beard and it's almost like a collar. Like there's, there's so many areas for improvement yeah and I, i'm kind of at the point now that i i 
feel I can kind of see what I like and see what I don't like. But if I was a drag queen, I would I would be so difficult with that. I can barely dress myself in boy clothes. So yeah. again, although I empathise, it's like this is supposed to be the Olympics of drag to a certain extent, and you have kind of repeatedly showed that you're just not up to par with the other yeah. other gals on that. Uh, there's the photo to self part. Then there's the lip sync and the video from Michelle and Rue that was done in a in a Premier Inn. Were we saying? <laughs> yeah, Rue Rue popped over to the Premier Inn. They put Michelle in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when they were doing Drag Race UK, uh, actually, I forgot about the the one thing of the tea with the Kiara that I had remembered just there that had made me laugh was the like weird feud between Lucisha and Farida where it was like I told my followers I heard something that someone said something about me and then I told my followers to go and unfollow and I was just like oh my god such small fried beef that is and that you would be so like petty as to be like don't unfollow this person don't let but anyway good for Lucisha um yeah the those like videos to your younger self bits I really am kind of because it just feels so much like we are dragging every ounce mm. of like emotional screen time out of you that we can. Yeah. When I found out like, it was happening, I was who, like, of course they're going to do this as well. Like fucking kitchen sink at this production. I, now I, I remember it. I don't think it was. It, I actually didn't get emotionally responded to any of these, to be honest. No, I didn't. But there was, I think it was the reach who basically just said, you know, you're, you're like, who's, whose response instead of being kind of like, I'm going to list off the terrible things that happened to me in my childhood, which seems to be the approach that was taken mm. by Queens, you know, seemed to just like basically just said, look, you're doing a good job. You're, do- you're doing, you're doing okay. And I was like, well, that is actually something that you would say to your younger yeah. self. You would say, and I was like, I liked that because it was like, it wasn't buying into the sort of emotional, it wasn't buying into what's wanted from you in that you'd go, oh, and you know, when you're nine and a half, you know, you're going to, you know, get into a van with a stranger and then you're going to end up on a beach. Oh, you know, like, God. it's just... I went down a very dark <laughs> story for the... For the and in reality, it should be I... more like, you know, don't say no to that dance class or, like, <clears throat> try to co- try to correct things they've done wrong. Like, in reality, and I'm definitely being overly anal with this, it's like, if somebody came... If your future self came to you, you don't want to be told, here's all the horrible things that's going to happen to you over the next 20 years. But sure, look, it should be grand. No. You want to be told actual practical advice, which is like, you know, the way you're not really enjoying that, stick with it because it'll pay off. Like, they're the sort of practical pieces of advice you'd actually want to hear. No, exactly. And also, you know, let's let's get real here, guys. If you arrived back to tell your younger self something, the moment you opened your mouth to them, you'd vanish because they would have been set in a different there path. You and you no Space-time continuum, baby. Messes it all up. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. I actually I was rewatching over Christmas as you do uh, Back to the Future too, and the realization that like one small change would change everything made me kind of annoyed because I was like the almanac wouldn't have worked because like it would have set up a chain reaction and these some of these would have been different events and anyway mm. that was just my uh, my my moment <laughs> of um, you know annoyance at, at, at I physics I don't know. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't i don't know james's moment of physics uh take taking it real time hashtag did you what did you th- i i really liked right at the end they had the little runway with the production that's w- the one thing that they did on this season that they should bring to other things i loved it it was like when they did the red carpet in in canada season one for the and season two i just really thought it was fun and well no but when you know when they did that for the oh, first yeah, time yeah, yeah. in season yeah, yeah. one of canada and i was like this is a brilliant idea but i was like that that was such a nice little thing to do at the end of the <clears> to the end of the season to see everyone who'd been involved in it and to give them that moment of like having their kind of like yeah I loved that I thought that was my that was my favourite thing about the episode if I'm being honest with you that yeah. was it seemed like a lot of joy and fun and it is nice to mention you know see the people behind the screens and everything so yeah yeah. right yeah. let's move on to Dragula um, I watched the floor show onwards again today because I watched it for the first time the morning it came out and I was definitely impacted by the allegations against Dali, especially since I found that they had like several sort of sex related storylines this episode that I was a bit like at. And then I went on to the internet to find out that the person who made the allegations against them seemingly has denounced them. Now look, 
deep fakes and all that we don't know for sure but like it looks like they took them back so then i watched it again without those in my mind and i definitely had different opinions where where did you land in the chronology of watching it so i had but i had seen the retraction of the allegations i had seen the the retraction of the allegations before i watched Mm -hmm. it and I certainly, as I was watching, because I knew that you had had that feeling, I really, as I was watching, I was thinking, oh yeah, definitely. If there was a suggestion that this person, this performer was grooming people and was, you know, whatever, that, that it would certainly make a very different interpretation of what you were seeing in front of mm-hmm. you. Um and I guess it sort of made me angry for Dali, probably because well, mainly it was, was angry for Dali to be put through stuff, and especially as someone who has said that they're a survivor of abuse themselves, to have sort of to come out and defend themselves against claims like this when they know that that just creates ammunition for actual abusers to kind of claim that people who make these sort of false these allegations are all false. Mm. So I just I I mostly my 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 feeling was just like anger for Dali relief that they won but yeah i could see why watching it while still having that like hanging in the back of your mind would make for uncomfortable viewing. yeah even uncomfortable too far i guess maybe it was the clown bit but like there was even parts where they get upset because they go oh i've done things in the in the past and now i don't feel like i deserve nice things i i just was like that's oh, very on the nose for what i know about you at the moment and then there was yeah a conversation there with the boulets which was like oh i try to keep the character really non-sexualized so people sexualize me all the time and I, yeah i don't know there was just a few things that were a bit on the nose considering what was going on but that's literally nobody's fault um involved in the cast like that the, the timing of these things no completely well i mean the person whose fault it is is the person who decided to make the false accusations at the time when well i mentioned the cast yeah anyway yeah. not the boulet brothers yeah. or dally but, or anybody else no 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 but it was like i i i watched a bit more i wanted to find out a bit more about kind of this the link between this individual and um and dali and like it appears that this has been a person who was a fan of a band that dali was a part of the lead singer of which who has had many sort of sort of accusations of improper activities or behaviors and and i think dali was in a, a sort of a very um negative relationship with that person as well and so that person as part of that band did have a kind of a cloud of sort of uncertainty hanging over them about sort of and then so i think that because of that maybe these accusations that is why people that seems to have been why people took the accusations made against dali so seriously was because this other individual who's in the band david or whatever his name was that they had like a history of this kind of stuff so it's sort of like yeah, so it was sort of like an extension of like, oh, well, I guess if they're friends with that person, then it is possible okay. that they're... Uh, they're like, so that seems to be why the abuse allegations made against Ali were given that sort of like instant credibility. Um, but then again, it also was because that's what happens on Reddit. Yeah. So- <laughs> I never even... I, I never got the instant credibility because I, 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 like, I saw loads of doubts afterwards. But anyway, we're getting too into the weeds of this. They were ultimately retracted... And look, you never know, maybe they were pressured. You never really know what goes on between two people. But I think I felt after seeing that, I was like, okay, look, I I, I can worry less about them as a character on this TV show. So I got to watch it again and I did think, I, I got to see things differently. Um, but it opens incredibly nicely. I loved the postcard at the start with that sort of like really nice sort of Americana song and the, the four of them sort of out of drag, just sort of pining. Meandering, pining staring standing looking yeah no i i did enjoy that bit it felt very like it, i don't know it, there was something a little bit like they they turned it up to 11 on the um on the kind of i don't know the the, the gimmick scale yeah. a little bit i enjoyed it i definitely did but i i did think that one thing that i noticed throughout this episode was that there was quite a few sort of like digs at drag race while also they were sort of beginning to kind of you know dress themselves in the garb of the drag race finale like the sort of the podcast bit and you know like there was a lot of kind of you know there, there was and i just was a little bit like you know what at a certain i get the one i get the want to distinguish yourself from 
this, the other show from Drag Race. I get the want to like be seen as a different type of show, and I think it's important. And what you were doing is much is better in lots of ways, but constantly coming back to it to sort of you know like rain down whatever on it. I was just a bit like, stop, guys. This is coming across like you've got a bit of a chip on your shoulder yeah. now. Like <clears throat> you don't need to be constantly going back to say how much better and more inclusive and wonderful you are than. And the podcast is a um, direct steal like i don't know I don't, I don't know any of the reality shows like bake off or master chef or you know strictly where like part of the finale episode is a fake podcast recording and you've heard this one actually sounded like a real podcast recording you know they actually spoke into the microphones you know they you know it did seem genuine and how they spoke to each other and it did seem it's a pattern the actually the, no, nobody got given a squat no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually one thing was they all had the same hair as the rest of the season which made me wonder when was this actually filmed so oh yeah I'm, I'm over maybe maybe their last supper was more recent than i thought so yeah that that kind of confused me but i thought the guy who joined the boulet brothers on the episode was very attractive very attractive and also like a good interviewer yeah. and actually though i would say the one thing that as i gave out about it like i would much rather like i think i would listen to a boulet brothers podcast much faster than i would go back and listen to what's the tea the- i liked what's the tea but only when there was guests because i always found rue was very good at being like hey ashanti you know where do you get your work ethic from and that invites them into like talking about their parents and then it's basically into like childhood trauma like straight away like rue knows how to get there <laughs> i i think that i enjoyed it i enjoyed i did enjoy it for a while but i felt like towards the end of its run it became sort of very much the kind of like hi we're rue and michelle and you all love us and we're great so um, drag race, I like, guess, uh, to a certain extent too. But yeah, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, I liked it. I, um, I liked it as an add-on to the show because it's like, oh, who's who's today's guest judge? Oh, Casey Musgraves and Sierra. Oh, I'll, I'll make sure to catch the podcast with them because I like them on it and I want to hear more from them. Yeah, I right, skip over the ones that I yeah. don't like. That's not really how I viewed it. Yes, uh, and I did think that this pod, this situation, this podcast and drag the Dragula podcast, like the interviews went quite deep. So mm. you you did get to hear quite a bit from each person and it was interesting to hear them kind of talking a bit about the thought process behind their floor show stuff and like what they were planning to do to give you a bit more because you don't necessarily get that much from them about what they're planning to do so hearing a bit of that like creative stuff I I found quite interesting I thought Sigourney came across really well really professional answered the questions very well and engaging I thought Dali did a really good job of sort of giving us an extra peeling back an extra layer getting us to know them better you know speak about the hiv positive diagnosis and then yeah that feeds into the performance as well which i thought was an effective tool no definitely i like i mean i do think like i warmed to hoso over the a lot over the courses like i actually think that by the end of this episode it was kind of between hoso and Dally. and um and mm. Dali for the win and i think that hoso came across as very sincere and i think it's like you know kind of because a lot of what we'd heard spoken about with hoso had been the lack of professionalism and this the the sort of this idea that they were a bit of a disaster backstage like hearing a bit more about like where their art comes from and you know what it is they like why it is they they're like compelled to perform and hearing them speak about their like experiences with cancer like that was like a really like because i think hoso has has been one of the people throughout the season that i felt a bit more detached from Mm. like or, or like you got less authenticity from but this really opened that up for me and i was like oh this is like this is coming from somewhere really deep and i loved all the concepts for hoso's um for hoso's performances yeah. uh, i have to say saint was the only one who came over came off as like a little in over their head like as in there was a stress maybe coming from like i want i won resurrection and i have a certain level i need to live up to yeah i uh, yeah i think they just came across as shy and maybe I think what they said at one point was this episode of the episode before, which was like the show has taken up the last three years of my life. It's time for me to have a break. Oh, yeah. and I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on with the looks. Do you want to do each look by the person, or do you want to do do you want to go like all the saints, all the Sigourney's, or do you want to do all the glamour, all the filth? I think category, category, category. Because it'll be easier, it'll be better okay. for comparing. Grant. So, Glamour was up first. Who's your favourite in Glamour? I mean, is that even a question? Of course it was Sigourney. 
she was really minus Dali. I didn't think Dali's. I so I didn't love Dali's glamour look. I I thought that it was. I don't know. I felt like it was missing something. I don't know. Like it was. I just remember it was like the top hat and it was all in the red and like it had the red with the black accents and I think the mermaid's yeah. tail and so I think that for me when I see those colours placed together I go to quite a flamenco place and then okay. I was sort of like like I don't know either wanting like more in that area or else like I don't know there was something in it that just felt like it was I love the message I just I didn't think it was glamorous especially like with the I, I just didn't like like, I can't think if, if, like, Dali had used that and, like, had the performance have been more, like, a bullfighter type thing. Like, that might have been kind of, like, I think that would have brought some sort of glamour to it. Whereas, as it was, it was kind of just a restrictive gown that I couldn't see them really moving properly. I don't know. I just didn't think it was glamorous. It wasn't the most glamorous thing. But I definitely thought it was, like, for the character of Dali, I thought it was glamour. I thought, like, there was a bit of a beauty beat going on, which I appreciated. I really enjoyed... Like, I think between the three performances that Dali did, I think the the way they moved their body is incredible. And I think they had really sort of really, really feminine and camp hand movements. So I thought went with it, which I thought was the glamorous part. And then I loved the moment where they poured themselves some sparkles and took their their prep pill and i just thought that was a really powerful I, yes moment. i i actually did love that bit but I, and i guess because i'd seen the podcast i understood what that was but i kind mm-hmm. of wondered like if i hadn't like i suppose like they the producers knew what they were doing by putting it together in that way and you kind of knew because dally had said in the podcast well i'm planning to introduce that aspect <clears> as part of my one of my looks that you kind of were prepared for that um, but I think that if I'd been watching it without that information I wouldn't necessarily have understood what the storyline was it's sort of like glamorous or you know person who looks kind of like a flamenco dancer or bullfighter takes a pill if I see a, a gay man take a pill that's the first thing I go to <laughs> but also I get your point I think the fact that the narrative was hampered by the fact it was supposed to be a lip sync song to a song they all had to do and they couldn't craft the narrative to the lip sync song so yeah I didn't really mind too much that there wasn't too much of a narrative like look Sigourney looked great um, I did think she looked better than Hozo and Saint uh, but I find myself toy between like do I compare her to the other queens in the category or do I compare her to herself and kind of like the Booty Brothers said which is like we've seen such high glamour from Sigourney this was like baseline glamour this is like exactly what you'd expect but nothing more that was what I was expecting from Sigourney but I thought that she did it really really spectacularly I loved like that huge 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 hair she always does is beautiful and mm. she like like I mean her face is so instantly recognisable as yeah. her and like I did think that while like her other looks weren't as strong she carried kind of her like you signature glamour through the whole thing so i think like her definitely like actually well all of them were really very good at bringing together their actual character through each of the different um through each of the different setups um yeah i did actually yeah so i didn't that one that i probably felt was the least successful was saints because like i think even as the boule said like when the wings came up like it had that sort of dramatic kind of like moment with it but that when the wings were down it was very just drapey and um like it kind of was a bit like it was a bit sort of sacky yeah like it felt the most like a normal person and that's not necessarily what you want in dragon you want to be like even glamoury like you want to be a glamorous monster or whatever like you're your high glamour and that just kind of felt like a you know lady disco back and singer lady you know that's all I guess yeah very much and there was kind of like a sort of a nod to some kind of religiosity with the the hair and Mm. and and then even with the like the the kind of like spark like the red the bib kind of aspect to it but it never like it didn't really explain itself as being more than just kind of like here is a glamorously painted lady wearing a big baggy dress because she is a bit anxious about her upper arm area yeah, that's fair enough. Hozo, I liked 
from the waist up, I, I guess I thought the material looked a bit cheap, but I really liked the... Was it um, a geisha or was it like those sort of like Vietnamese farming hats? I wasn't I, sure. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't know what the, na- the name of those hats are. I actually thought that from exactly the same as you, from the waist up, like she looked amazing. And I thought she performed like so spectacularly well, like with the big long, like there, like, you know, as a fan of Carnation Street in the 80s, there is nothing more glamorous than a cigarette on a cigarette holder. You know, Bet Lynch, mm, Bet Lynch thought of that. We know it, and I just thought like I loved the way she performed. There was such there was an elegance to it, and a sort of a like a, an innocence or a subtlety to it. Like I I did think that she was probably my she is the one who I would be most excited to see fan art of, if that would mm. make sense. Yeah. Whereas yeah, I feel true. like. The other, like I think that would be the one that would give the most interesting different artistic interpretations I did think like I felt like as we were talking about them going through through all three categories it's definitely Dali and Hoso that are bringing the most interesting and most exciting looks and the most exciting performances I would disagree on horror I thought Sigourney and her mad scientist eating their own skin off their face like Robbie Williams and Rock DJ gave me the best performance Yes, and I also liked that it was horror, but sort of campy, jokey, kind of like it was mm. like horror, but in like a different, like a yeah, horror, but in like an animaniacs kind of way, rather than yeah. in like a like because what Dali did was like proper, like this is a new one of those like the nun Silent or, Hill, yeah, yeah, exactly. This sort of like weird sort of what's that thing called like contortion, this like contortionism and stuff. Mm. Like it was just like. That was proper terrifying, and it was yeah. I I would agree with you. I loved, I loved Sigourney's like cartoony mad scientist, but I think that because the category was horror and I was being basic, I was like, no, I want something that is actually fucking horrifying. And I thought it was like like seeing her like pop the little the skin in her mouth. I was like, what? That was a bit gross. Whereas I thought the bishop skeleton zombie I thought again the story was a bit lost on that one I wasn't too sure like definitely the contortion was good and the white eyes but for finale I wanted more you wanted more story just more horror oh see I thought well I guess I was watching it from the point of view of like if this was well when I saw that I was like I could see a franchise of horror movies based around this and i know that this like the the boulets kind of referenced it later on where they said oh yeah we're talking about like the true horror in the church and like kind of had the, the down and i was like i didn't get that from the performance if i'm completely yeah. honest with you i didn't get that this was a commentary on how the clergy have like abused their power and turned into monsters that wasn't the story i saw but i did find myself feeling pretty disgusted and horrified looking at the the like the the performance that Dali was given. Yeah, maybe just in the edit, the the garb came off too quickly or something. Because I, I kind of ended up feeling that. like, yeah, it ended up being more zombie than Bishop Zombie. And there could have been more sort of biblical or, you know, church related devices like a chalice or like holding up the Eucharist or something like that that could have tied it more together. Uh, no, I agree. Like there could have been an upside down cross or there could have been like an altar yeah. or there could have been sort of, yeah, there could have been any sort of a, you know, thing or it could have, it could have started at like a baptism of a baby and then ripped the baby in half. You know, whatever. Something like yeah, that would exactly. have been fine. <laughs> We're right to Dali let them know these ideas. Yeah. Did you enjoy the Tooth Fairy? Uh, I, I, I mean, it did its job. <laughs> <laughs> that it horrified me like I do think that like we've seen now in, in like a couple of looks to Ray Dragula that like people use teeth as like like our extra or additional teeth as like a way of kind of creating horror and I would agree that yes it was pretty horrifying but I felt mm-hmm. it was very similar to the not similar exactly but like it felt it felt that there was comparisons between it and the like the Dali look from a while ago with the and even Hozo did that one where there was the teeth around the eyes that sort of like red little devil yes look that they did yeah so it was like three consecutive episodes with teeth being sort of the main centerpiece of a look but look it was done differently and I did think the mouthpiece was amazing yeah but I actually had an issue with like there was nothing around the legs it was just like 
bare leg. Uh, and I think that that has kind of been a like that's been sort of one of the the issues that that Saints has sort of had in in several of the the looks, which is that there's a lot of attention given to like parts of the costume, but then it is just like pretty bare from the 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 waist down. Um, yeah. I mean, like yeah, the mouthpiece, the hair all gorgeous and disturbing and kind of reminded me of their like weird sort of fawn look from a while ago but again the Mm. performance level in it was probably lacking because it's all like there is a very quiet performance type that that saint seems to have that I, i think that like like a look like that needs a bit more bonkers crazy sort of screaming and shouting like kind of to us like a bit yeah. more of a manicness to it like rather than mm. sort of like and here is the tooth fairy and now the tooth fairy will slowly brush their teeth like oh yeah that's true yeah <laughs> or even like creeping in like i'm um, putting stuff under a pillow and stuff like that like they could it could have just been more evil and scary and horror yeah I think. And, but also like i i mean th- there was kind of like extra points given for the fact that like oh i made the wings myself just out of um like just out of uh, was it wire hangers and and thinking i was like and they were like oh great yeah well that was fantastic but the wings were quite small like they mm-hmm. they didn't really stand out i was like if them wings flapped that person is not taken off yeah i, don't, <laughs> I agree <laughs> uh, finally i guess when we talk about repetition hozo as well had kind of repeated the the multi-head look and i think it did work in this case because it's cancer um and i thought the 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 power it was a really powerful stance that signed with the chemo diary and the syringes and stuff but i found myself afterwards just thinking about a look for dragula where it's like more, more of a security beaver look i'd guess kind of like her zits one but like she takes off the negligee and like there's just big clumps of skin where this person has all these tumors and stuff like that it's just like really sort of jarring look rather than like no one gets cancer of the skull so i just was a bit like confused by that choice i think yeah like i think that it was the most personal story that obviously was shared well among the most personal stories that was shared and it did look Mm. um like it did it did look like it did the job and I sort of think that if that, that I think that if Hoso had this idea for their final look, that they probably would have been better saving the like multi face thing for for this rather than trying to do it before. Yeah. Because I think when they yeah. did it before, it didn't really work here. It definitely worked better, but because you'd seen it already, you were kind of a little bit like, oh, okay. Um, mm. like I did think that there was like you know there was a lot of vulnerability. There was like you were seeing someone like really speaking to like an exp- a horror ex- experience that they had like actually gone through. So there was lots in it that was really really good but you are right there was a sense of like with like a little tweaking potentially there could have been something better here Mm. but yeah or even like i don't know if they ever told us what cancer they have but if it was brain cancer for example and that's why this was the heads like i know they have like really bulbous thing off the side of their head or something like it like even just one big i don't know i just think it didn't read as cancer because it was multiple heads i had to be told about the chemo diary and their backstory and I guess the IV drip and the syringes, but um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They were my issues with it, but I'm probably being picky. Filth was by far the best and most consistently good category, I thought, across the board. Absolutely. It was, like, I mean, like, if we talk about Dali's first, it was, like, such a, it was a very different, like, a very different, because like, we had a very basic interpretation of Filth, which was just a housewife eating some cat shit. And I was like, yes that is filthy <laughs> but like that worked for me i was like, oh no 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 it was disgusting like but it was yes. just very much just like ah yes filth eats and catches but i i think if you look at dali's there was like nuances within it it was con- a conceptual filth i think like the boules were saying yeah it's like filth at how we treat people in society rather than like yeah like you're saying just that's gross yeah exactly and I, I i thought that the performance with it told like a real like i don't know it told like it told a story definitely about kind of the obsession with like sex and sexuality and sort of you know people mm. but yeah and then like the fact as the Bule said that you're gonna you're watching this and you're wondering what's gonna happen and then sort of like the person is dead or whatever like it's all like you then feel sort of gross for having been part of it like it was it was very high production values compared yeah. to what everyone else sort of brought to the table 
Um, yeah, there was definitely two schools. There was Saint and the cat shit, which I thought really worked. She, it was like a lovely juxtaposition between glamour and filth going on in that. And the same with Sigourney with the popping of the zits. I think Saint did that slightly better than her, I think. And then the other concept was, this is the filth of, of human nature that we're going to portray to you. Because I was floored when Hoso turned around with that dog on a tray. I just thought that was such a powerful image. And I was like, of course. Like, I was just thinking of... Like when I thought about anti-Asian hate and stuff, I was thinking obviously about the coronavirus and that lady, yeah. you know, in Dublin who was pushed into the canal and those sort of physical things. And then you can see like the the over the over exaggerated like, features and the yeah, and how they're dancing around, they're bowing and they're doing all these like karate and like you know those racist sort of like kung fu takeoffs. But I totally forgotten about the perception of like the eating of cats and dogs. I just thought that was so clever and then the way they ate and the food was hanging out of their face and stuff I just thought that was such a performance yeah it, it really was brilliant I like it it just and it like I don't know I sort of forgot what I was watching for a moment and I got like confused by what's going on but <laughs> there was so much in it it was with it, for me as well it was like with the, the dog on the tray when I saw that you do forget that that is like that's just this stereotype that exists purely to sort of be like they're disgusting because they do this unthinkable yeah. thing like as a whole like you know but yeah it was it, like it was like throughout all of Hoso's looks obviously there was a tie in to sort of some very personal um experiences and tying back to kind of like very real stuff that's faced throughout their their life and interesting I suppose to think that like Hoso is coming from South Korea so you know not like I think they live in, in the US though. Just are originating Seoul, I guess. Okay, well, anyway, they're from. <laughs> they're 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 really bringing that perspective of kind of like a, a person from within the community speaking to like how they are how under showing you that they know how they are perceived by certain groups outside of us. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was a really, really strong episode, and like definitely an episode you could stick on if someone hadn't seen Drag Out before to be like, you know, this is the caliber of drag that's being shown on this show. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. The so, Sigourney's zit face, I did think, was particularly disgusting. Like, I don't think it was executed massively. Like, I think it it could have been executed like a a little bit better, and that maybe with the peely skin in the the first category that mm. this maybe lost a little bit. But I did think, good for you, girl. You managed to tie in your glamour because when that like opened up on her and the beautiful like kind of negligee stuff, I was like, oh, she looks gorgeous. And then you kind of get an idea of what's going on, and it's like, yeah. yeah. But it was it was super strong, super strong series and super strong cast. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to see Sigourney live because she just seems to have such great stage presence. Like, I think possibly the best presence of the three of them. Like, just the the silhouette she makes when she's standing there with the mirror, you know, and you just see the back and she hasn't looked over her shoulder at you yet. Like, she just... Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see her live. She's fantastic. Happy with the winner? Yes, very happy with the... Very happy with the winner. Felt that it was deserved pretty much right from the very beginning. I could see that this was the direction it was going to go in. Um, and I'm happy with it. I, like, again, coming out of it, Sigourney would definitely be the person that I would, like, be most excited to see a show from. Like, but you know what? I actually think that I would, I will, I will, you heard it here first, people. I will be going to see the Boulet Brothers Dragula World Tour when it, when it eventually makes it to Has it been announced it's coming to Dublin? No. It hasn't, but okay. at some point I'm sure it'll make it to somewhere in the world I'm able to get to, and I would. Well, you've said it. you're going to go regardless, so I'll go to it in Manchester. Better put your money where your mouth is. I'll go You'll to it be like, Manchester. I'm off to Gary, Indiana, to watch <laughs> Dracula because I've committed to it yeah. in the workroom. Well, no, I will. I would. I would go to Manchester happily. I would even it. go to London. <laughs> wow. Poor London. Um, yeah, a fantastic season. Hopefully it doesn't take too long for us to get another one. And I hopefully they do like a regular resurrection as well. I'd like to see maybe some like Bitter Betty or something come back for resurrection. Coco Kane, of course. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Queen of the season, Coco Kane. I would be very happy to see them back. But yeah, I, I, I think that we're probably on track to get that. I think that the struggle for Dragula is going to be how they maintain their kind of like outsider cash as they move into the inside more um i've lost your analogy there outsider cash 
Like they're outside of cachet. Like cachet. Yeah, okay, outside sorry. of cachet. I thought you meant actual money and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like they have their cash yeah. as an outsider. But how they're going to maintain that outsider cachet and like that sort of, yeah. you know, space for the oddballs who don't fit in here as they sort of rapidly become the next kind of like the the next new thing you know mm, you know yeah. they're at this stage they're the Definitely. voice to the x factor about you know a couple of years ago and soon they'll yeah no i know what you mean as a, as a sub tier they're not going to be like you know hipster forever how, yeah. how do they make that transition I yes guess. yeah 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 right well that's it from us this week thank you for listening hopefully you had a lovely christmas and we'll be back with you the new year We're, we'll be off the first week of um january so we'll be back on the 12th of january and we won't tell you what we're going to cover in case you want to change your mind yep exactly we like to keep secrets it's very important (laughs) (laughs) keep you guessing (laughs) all right that's all from us we'll chat to you very soon Bye -bye. bye